Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. It was early afternoon. Jesse Calvert, laden with bundles, came through the outer door of Ben's house on 11th Street and started up the stairs toward the nursery. Miss Thorndyke, the registered nurse Ben Calvert had imported from Chicago for his baby grandson, was busy there preparing the child's afternoon feeding. Miss Thorndyke was a slender, neat woman of about 30, with a pale face. She wore her dark hair tucked away under a stiff white cap. Her uniform was always immaculate, her voice pleasantly modulated. And in her dealings with the members of the household, she revealed all the cool and personal graciousness typical of her profession. She was intelligent, efficient, and unemotional, Jesse Calvert thought. That was why as she started to enter the nursery this afternoon, Jesse paused at the doorway, startled at what she saw. Miss Thorndyke was holding the baby in her arms. And suddenly she bent her head, kissed him with infinite tenderness, looking into his face with rapt, motherly devotion. The woman's gesture was so nakedly revealing that it made Jessie draw in her breath with a slight gasp. At the sound, Miss Thorndyke looked up. Instantly, her face assumed the noncommittal expression with which Jessie was familiar, and which she now realized to be a mask behind which Miss Thorndyke deliberately hid herself. Well, Miss Thorndyke, here I am. I think I remembered everything you asked for. Oh, thank you. Very nice of you, Mrs. Calvert. I ran out of the boric acid just this morning. I uh, asked Mrs. Mead to get me these things almost a week ago. Apparently the matter slipped her mind. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Mead is inclined to take her maternal duties rather lightly. Anyway, I do appreciate your bothering to pick the things up. Oh, it's all right, Miss Thorndyke. Glad to help you out. Be sure to let me know any time there's some little thing I can do. How's the young man getting along, by the way? Well, he's just fine. Oh, my gracious, he's getting to be a fat little monkey. <laughs> Tell me, Miss Thorndyke, which one of the family do you think he looks like? I've never thought much about it, Mrs. Calvert. The thing that interests me, of course, is he's healthy. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the main thing. It's very lucky that he is, too. No reason why he shouldn't be. Proper care, good food, that's all they need. Yes, I know. Assuming they started out all right from the beginning. But, uh, you see, there was some question about this youngster originally. Fortunately, everything turned out all right. Well, Mrs. Mead has every right to be proud of him. Has Kit been in to see the baby today? No. No, she hasn't. She wasn't in all day yesterday, either. Seems rather odd. Odd, Miss Thorner? Well, perhaps it's just that I'm accustomed to mothers who take more of an interest in their children. Of course, I realize Mrs. Mead is upset. The divorce and so on must be very trying for her. Yes, indeed. And I'm afraid it'll be some time before things quiet down. You see, there's a possibility that the divorce may not go through quite as well as everyone had expected. Mr. Mead has some ideas of his own. What's well, too bad things like this have to happen? I don't worry so much about about the parents, but it always makes me unhappy to think of the effect these things have on a child's life. 
children take the brunt of it, actually. If people only wouldn't be so selfish, so concerned about themselves. Well, you seem to feel quite strongly on the subject, Miss Thorndyke. Tell me, don't you ever get tired of taking care of someone else's children? Wouldn't you like to have your own? Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. I said something wrong. It is quite all right, Mrs. Calvert. Oh, I do hope you'll forgive me. I just didn't think. No, no, it, it's nothing you could help. You see, my... My husband was killed overseas. We planned to have a child. Saved our money. And then... Oh, I'm so sorry. Perhaps that's why I'm somewhat bitter about women who have children, who are lucky enough, and then don't cherish what they have. Well, good afternoon, Miss Thorndyke. Jessie. Oh, hello, kid. This is me. How are things going, Miss Thorndyke? Is my son behaving himself? Baby's doing very nicely, Mrs. Mead. Oh, that's good. He certainly is a healthy little animal. He's a very good baby. Yes, I suppose he is. In fact, sometimes I wonder if he isn't a little too good. Uh, don't you think he lacks uh, personality, character? Not at all. He's obviously a very intelligent child, Mrs. Mead. You should be grateful. <laughs> My goodness, Miss Thorndyke. You sound rather like a female tiger protecting a young. <laughs> oh, but naturally I agree with you. I'm sure he possesses all of the infant virtues. I'm glad you came in, Mrs. Mead. There are a few things I'd like to check with you. Well, I'm sure they're not too important, so if you don't mind, I'd rather postpone the child care session to another time. I have some other things to do now. But I... Very well, Mrs. Mead. Besides, I have infinite faith in you, Miss Thorndyke. Just do whatever you think is best so far as the child is concerned. Everything seems to be nicely under control, so I think I'll run along. Well, I must go, too. Miss Thorndyke, we must continue our little talk tomorrow. Goodbye for now. Just keep up the good work, Miss Thorndyke. See you later. Well, Jessie, if you don't mind, what were you doing closeted in the nursery with Miss Thorndyke? <laughs> what on earth are you talking about, kid? Is anything wrong with my dropping in to see the girl once in a while? She's alone practically all day. It's her job, after all. Well, perhaps it is. That doesn't mean she doesn't need a bit of companionship once in a while. Heaven knows you don't waste much time on her. Matter of fact, I picked up some things she needed for the baby when I was in town. She said you'd forgotten. Oh, she did. Well, I'm afraid Miss Thorndyke is just a bit too officious for her own good. Well, I see you're in one of those charming moods of yours again. Oh, that must be Ben calling about dinner. I'll take it. Hello? Hello. I, I'd like to speak to Mrs. Mead. Who's calling, please? Well, uh, is Mrs. Mead there? Yes. Yes, Mrs. Mead is here. Just a moment, please. It's for you, Kit. Thank you so much, Jessie. Hello? Kit! Kit, darling! Oh, uh, hello there. How have you been? How have I... Now, wait a minute, Kit. You know who this is, don't you? It's Paul. Paul Cromwell. Darling, it's wonderful to hear your voice. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad to hear you've been well. Oh, I... I gather we're not entirely alone. You're so right. Well, then, uh, shall I just ask leading questions? That's an excellent idea. Right. <laughs> Although I must say this is a rather anticlimactic conversation after months of separation. Uh, perhaps we can think of a better arrangement later. At the moment, it's the best possible. You're always so discreet, my love. In any case, here I am in Wakefield. What? You don't mean it. Certainly. I rushed right down just as soon as we arrived in Chicago. Lisa and Max and I got in there yesterday morning. Oh. 
I see. Well, what's the matter, kid? You don't sound very pleased. Oh, it's not that. Of course I am. But well, I, I didn't think it would be so soon. Soon? Well, at any rate, here I am. And, kid, I've got to see you. It's been centuries, darling. I, I feel like a schoolboy. You sound rather like one, too. Well, at least you haven't changed. Still the sharp little knives, eh, kid? Well, never mind. I love you, knives and all. When can I see you, dearest? Well, uh, possibly this afternoon. Wonderful. In about an hour, I tell you I'm languishing away in this beastly hotel. All right, then. I'll do the best I can. But you'll hurry, won't you, kid? We've so many things to talk over. You've no idea what I've been going through. <laughs> Personally, I've been having a simply lovely time. Oh, you poor darling. I can imagine. Well, never mind. We're almost out of the woods now. I wonder. In any event, we'll have a good long talk and get all the loose ends tied up, eh? Look, uh, you know the little bar here at the hotel? Yes. Yes, only too well. Well, suppose I meet you there at four o'clock. I believe I can manage that. Good. Perfect. I'll see you then, darling. Yes. Goodbye. During Kit's oddly one-sided conversation, Jessie Calvert pretended to busy herself in the hallway, hanging up her wraps in the closet. And as Kit hung up the receiver, Jessie's observant glance told her that Kit was extremely nervous. Why, Jessie wondered. Who could the mysterious caller have been? The voice she'd heard sounded familiar somehow, but at the moment she couldn't quite place it. Jessie would have been surprised and very satisfied, too, had she known that the man who'd been obviously reluctant to give his name was Paul Cromwell. That Paul Cromwell was actually in Wakefield. And that his presence there had thoroughly terrified Kit Mead. 